See your smiles, people. Come on now. That's right. It's a beautiful day outside. It's a beautiful day inside. Uh, We're focusing on Jesus this morning. I uh, had a great meeting with Ricky this week about worship and just said God was just all over me about kind of scaling back and just kind of getting back to just Jesus. Like, like Jesus is on the, throne, on the throne and he's next to God the Father and one day he'll, come, he'll send him to come get us. But... That's where he's going to remain, and we'll worship him forever, uh, and we need to kind of go ahead and begin practicing that, right? And so uh, I don't want you to miss this today, because you can often come into church and, or into the gathering of church. Remember, church is not a building. Can I get an amen? Right? It's not a building. This is a great building that we have to gather in, but we are the church, and God calls us to gather as a church. And we do that corporately, and that's what we're doing right now, okay, in this worship time. But we can often forget, and it just become another perfunctory measure in our life, kind of like going to a, a, a job, or going to school, or going to the mall, or going to the grocery store, going to church, right? And it can be just something that we need to check off our box so that we've been good enough this week, okay? As I've said a million times, and I'll say a million more, there's nothing you can check off that with God you're good enough. Okay? The only way to be good enough with God is to follow Jesus and to allow the blood of Christ on the cross to be washed over you. Amen? And so that's it. Like, that's the reality of it. And it's all explained in scriptures, lived out by us as disciples. And so we need to, and, and Ricky, thank you for that, following the Lord, to challenge us to read a whole chapter of God's word as we begin the service today. Let me ask you a question. And this is, I'm, I'm, I may be leaving some people out, and I apologize uh, for that. However, I do want to ask, has anyone in this room right now, to, to where you are, have you ever received a love letter from somebody? Okay? If you've received a love letter, let me see your hands. Come on, people. A love letter, that's right. Okay, now good news for spouses, I'm not going to ask you to start naming names, okay, because you may have gotten one from somebody before that, whatever, but um, let, let's do it this way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to focus right in on marriage and married couples. If you've received a love letter from your spouse, raise your hand. Now, okay, so here's the thing about that. Um, when Pam and I were dating in college, I would get these love letters and I would, I would send these love letters because, dadgummit, I was in love, man. You know? I mean, wow. Okay? I was, they call it whipped these days. Okay? Well, that's what I was. I still am. Can I get a witness? Okay? And so, and it's okay with me. I'm good with that. And we would, I'd receive this love letter and all this and immediately... Clint, I would read it, and I'd rip it and throw it away. You believe that? Who believes that? If you do, I have some, I have some beachfront property in, like, Nebraska to sell you, okay? I did not do that. 
As a matter of fact, I was cleaning out the, the garage, the attic this summer, and it was time to go through some old boxes, and I found these stacks and stacks of these love letters that were written during the summer, that were written at different times, and, um, and, and, and Pam could tell you where some of hers are too, okay? Now listen, this is even crazy. This is crazy because we had like this breakup period, Right? We don't like to talk about the dark days, but, you know, we had this time, it was kind of like a silly boy, you know what I mean? And so I had to get over that, had to shake that off, get my head straight, you know. Had these dark days, but still didn't throw those love letters away. And here's the point, those love letters were valuable to us. They were important to us. They were something that I would read over. They were something that as I read this summer, and it was years ago, okay? I don't need any comments on that, please. Years ago where these actually took place and happened, but I'm still going back. It's taken me back to those days. Do you understand that God's word is his love letter to you? Do you understand that? Do you understand that if the phrase blood, sweat, and tears never meant so much as it did to God writing his love letter to us? Because God's put all of that in there for us. He sacrificed so much for us. His love is so real for us that we can hear His love in His, in his love letter to us. We can read it over and over again. Just as we read Psalm 34, did that just encourage anybody this morning? As you just saw the words and they jumped off the page and you realized that He is your Redeemer. Listen, I want to encourage you to focus on the Lord. This passage that we're going to open today is called the love chapter. Go ahead. You can turn to 1 Corinthians 13. And, and you have heard this love chapter probably a thousand times. But as I was on sabbatical this summer and reading Ann Voskamp's book, 1,000 Gifts, and she hit the phrase... Love is not blind, it is the holy vision. That kind of got to my soul. And it made me realize that we do a lot of things. And we say a lot of things that are meaningful, that are deep, that are real, that God sacrificed a lot for, gave a lot for, wanted to teach us a lot with. And we pass over them all the time like it's just another phrase or just another thing. And, and we take it for granted. And I don't want you to take this for granted because I believe this is one of the precepts, concepts. It is one of the foundational elements of not only who God is, but what God wants us to be like in the world today. And that is to love and to love one another. So what we do is just before we read the scripture, I want you to think about it two ways. I want you to think about you receiving the love that God gives us. And then I also want you to think about you giving out the love that God gives us. Okay? So here you go. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so that I can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, 
If I give over my body in order to, to boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not, is not boastful. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Father God, you gave us these words through the Apostle Paul as he was teaching the early church. As he was teaching those that wanted to, to follow Jesus, be his disciples, and make a difference in Corinth and in the world. And God, these words ring true for right here at Crossroads and in Elmore and in Elmore County and Otago County and, and in Montgomery County and all over the place that we are. These words ring true for us today. Let us not hear these words and not apply them to our life. Let us hear these words and apply them so we won't be like noisy symbols and we won't be like things that don't remain and we won't be like things that don't matter, but we will be giving the very life of Jesus and the love of Christ when we give people the love that he's given us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, the scripture, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of maybe teach this a little different than you might have heard it before, but I'm going to kind of go into some sections of this and, and, and point out some things that the Lord has pointed out to me. So first of all, I am nothing without love, okay? The first section says, if I speak of human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I, ha I give over my body in order to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Without love, I'm nothing. Without love, it's not only just nothing. It seems to be a little more than nothing right there at the beginning. It almost seems to be annoying. And I don't know about you, if I want to be a, a follower of Christ and someone who is sharing the love of Christ, the last thing I want to be in our culture and community is annoying. Okay, so there's, I don't do a lot of generational talks in the church because especially at Crossroads, we're kind of a big family and we've got all ages and everybody in here. But when, when things started to kind of tweak and change musically, specifically in the church, some, some folks got annoyed a little bit with some things. I can remember hearing a senior adult one day who's gone on to be in heaven right now said, if I just had a hammer, I'd smash those drums. I mean, like, I'm talking about during worship, like right there, uh, like I'd smash them, okay? Now, here's the thing. 
like you first you kind of want to go, well, that's that's not really Christ-like, right? But then you kind of you kind of think about it and you and you put yourself in their place, and that makes a little bit of sense, seeing how long they've been on earth and how they've you know got to accustomed to things and everything like that. And you know, uh, you could just well, maybe a hammer's not the best option, you know. Maybe maybe there's other things. Maybe you can just pray that God will make them dis- disappear. I don't know. And uh, whatever it is, maybe a little more peaceful, right? But to, to that person, that, that was annoying. That was a, an issue, a thing. And in our world today, you know what I'm talking about. There's maybe that thing at work, that person at work, that thing you have to do in school, that thing and that maybe your brother, I don't know. And it's just annoying, right? And I don't want to be that way when it comes to the love that I have in my life. So the only way to not being annoying is what? You have to check yourself. Like you have to look, you have to do a little reversal, like look in the mirror, and he's going to talk about that later. You have to make sure that your actions, attitudes, and words are not annoying to people around you. Why? Is it because you want to just sugarcoat everything? No. It is because you want to intentionally build a bridge to them in relationships that, watch this, you can walk over to them and they can walk back. A bridge is a two-way street, okay? But if we're annoying, if we're, if we're just mean and ugly and all these things, uh, I put it like this, is it more important to be right or is it more important to be loving? See, here's what we learn in Jesus. Jesus was right, but he was loving as well. You know, Jesus got annoyed and put off with the churchy people more than anybody, didn't he? Okay? And some of the, the, the things that he said to them seemed to be cutting and, and just, you know, just right there. But the whole point was, I love you enough to say these things. You see some of those stories of the, of the churchy folks coming around to Christ eventually and seeing how the love of Christ was so real that it permeated even a culture of just so much tradition. And here's the thing, we're, we're in this thing. Have you ever heard the phrase spiritual warfare? You ever heard anybody talking about we're in a battle, you know? Well, the truth is, we are, and spiritual warfare is a real thing. And any time that we're doing something for God, Satan doesn't want that to happen. So he's going to kind of up the battle a little bit. I think in the end he knows he loses. All right? And in the end we know we win. But we don't stop. We don't give up. We don't quit. This love issue is important. And we must be loving as we are right. And sometimes it takes a long time to share that being right before uh, or in order so that you can come to the love point of Christ. Does that make sense? Are you with me a little bit here? Like I'm not saying that being right is not important. Okay? But sometimes what we do is we drive right down their throats and what we do is push people away. And that's not what we need to do. We need to open our arms and receive the love of Christ and give it out in order to form relationships to show the principles and the truth We must be careful with our words. We must consider the love in our hearts on a daily basis. And the second part here that, that 
is broken down by Paul. I, I, just, I just wrote, love is awesome. We think we, awesome is probably one of the most overused words. I know that your pastor is guilty of using that word too much. But it just describes my emotions sometimes that when I read something like this next passage, I think that's awesome. Listen to this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not boastful. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Y'all look, love is awesome. Do you know why? Because God is awesome. And we see in Scripture literally that God is love. And when you take down the components of who God is and you see the incredible magnitude, that's why we sing songs of worship. Because not only does God love our words he looks at our heart. He looks at our, our music, the instruments, the things that we do. We're literally giving Him gifts of that. Why? Because He's worth it. It's the worship that we give for Him. In our state, next Saturday begins weekly worship experiences all over this state and this country, right? In these big they call them football stadiums, if you don't know where I'm going. Because we worship our teams, and we, we sell out for them, and we do all these things. The same people that yell and scream for their football team are the one that never, ever, ever would say the word Jesus because you don't want to upset anybody. We have to be careful with that, y'all. We have to be careful because the love of Christ literally says that we do have to share the truth of Him. Those awesome things that He did for us in His love. I mean, think about it. If you follow Jesus, if He's your Savior, you can't ever say that no one's died for you. Because someone has. This sacrificial love that gave all of the awesomeness of God on a cross. And literally we see a moment in time where it looks like God the Father turns His back on God the Son and Jesus as a man dies on that cross as He's, as he's literally bearing all of our sin. Amen, somebody? I mean, I mean, this is huge. And so for us to walk around without a sacrificial love spirit, it's what the world is looking for. It's what the world needs. It's what people need to see from us is that I love you so much that I'll sacrifice myself, my own desires, my own thoughts, my own wants and even needs at times. Speaking of that, I'd like for us to do something right now. I'd like for us to have a little time of prayer for a person that practices this kind of love. Y'all know that Carrie Ward has been really sick for a long time. And you know that she got some bad news this week where her, her cancer has now gone into her brain. Okay? And she's been dealing with bad headaches and all these things. And right now she's in the hospital. Struggling with, I thought things were getting better. And here's why, here's why I bring her up right here. It's because we're talking about love. And there have been days where she's like had chemo. 
And that night, she's bringing somebody a cake. Right? Like that night, she's volunteering with children in the children's wing. She practices this. She receives loves well, and she pays it out well. She calls paying it forward, is what she says out of her mouth. And we need to pray right now for our sister. The Bible says that God wants to hear those prayers from us. So I want to ask you to join me. And if you will, just raise your right hand up with agreement on this prayer. Father God, right now I pray for Carrie. We love her so much. And Brett and Alyssa and Zach and the, the rest of their family. God, we pray in the name of Jesus for healing for Carrie. She lives out this awesome love because you first loved her. And she's so thankful and grateful that, for that in everything in, in her life. And God, we ask for healing. We lift her to you now. We ask for you to be present with them through the Holy Spirit, just right there with them in that hospital room. And we ask you to be with the doctors and nurses and everyone there. And we trust you with it. In Jesus' name, amen. The next point, which is very important, this is awesome, is love is forever. Love is forever. Look at what God's word says. Love never ends. You could stop right there. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. Love is forever. Love never ends. Have you ever, I have, I've done this many times, daydreamed about eternity? Anybody? Is it blow your mind? Like to really think about it? It's pretty amazing. Like I can, I can quantify here on earth that I was born, that I was a kid, that I was a teenager, that I was a young adult, that I'm an adult, that I'm you know, a senior adult, whatever. I, I get that. I get the birth to, to death part. I get that. But beyond that, I'm kind of like, Okay, I, I kind of have this mental image of the arrival of, we talked about even the severity of God and standing before God and the judgment part and, and telling him all the things I've done, I've been, been part of. And then, you know, then I get my reward and, and I go to heaven in my spot and I kind of get the whole, because I kind of see the Isaiah part where we're kneeling before Jesus, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know that part? So I, I kind of see all that kind of happening. And then... I'm kind of like, I don't, like, what's next? I guess we get up the next day and do that again, right? Or do we go to sleep? What? I don't, I mean, like, it's kind of hard to fathom, right? But it's pretty amazing to fathom that God's going to give us a new body, that the things are all going to be brand new. I will never have to watch my carbs in heaven. Hallelujah. Okay? You know, I mean... I think it's pizza day every day, amen? Listen, love is forever. It's the tool that we have to minister to people in the now so that they can get to the forever. Because you need to remember after last week we talked about that forever's forever and it is either going to heaven or it is either going to hell. You will be with God forever or you will be separated forever. And to be completely candid with everyone in here, it's your choice. Are you going to follow Jesus with your life? Or are you just going to take a chance on your own thoughts? 
We've got to share the love. We've got to be able to walk in the idea that God is love and if God is eternal, which we all know He is, then it just makes sense that this love that we experience here is the same thing we'll experience there. So we need to start giving it out freely because if we got it freely, right? This is the next point, which I love this. Love is a lifelong learning process. Verse 11 and 12, it says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see only a reflection in a mirror, but, in, but then we will see it face to face. Now I know in part, but then I'll know it fully as I am fully known. This love that we receive is a lifelong learning process. I, I guarantee you as a senior adult, there's probably going to be a day where you probably need to go apologize to somebody for your actions, for your words. You've been a follower of Jesus forever and ever and ever, but the love quotient that day wasn't very high. You know? And, and you can learn a little bit more, even as a senior adult, about the love thing. So if any of us think, hey, I've got this, I've got this figured out, I just want to tell you, you probably don't. So keep walking in it. Keep growing in it. Keep reading and studying God's Word. Not only reading and studying, but applying it to your life. None of us have fully arrived. I love John Maxwell as a writer and a leader and all these great things, but there's one line particularly that he has, he has said, written over the years that has stuck out with me more than any other, and he said this, leaders are learners, right? And so uh, you, you might say, well, what does that have to do with love? Well, because God has put us in this world to lead people to Him. So you are a leader. You are leading people to Christ. You are showing the love of Jesus. And if you stop being a learner, you're not going to be a very good leader. And I want to encourage you as a disciple of Jesus Christ, that word literally is the Greek methetes. And it means to be, you ready? A learner. You don't stop. You don't arrive. You don't get there. There's no final exam until the final exam, right? We have much to learn about all we need to know about giving and receiving God's love. It's a continual learning thing. And the greatest thing that we can do, the Scripture says that these three remain, faith, and, and you get that, the faith in God the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, then the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, the hope that God gives us even in these crazy days, and it all lands on love. And here's the important part. Ricky said a beautiful thing early on in this service today, that today we're going to focus on staring at Jesus. So as the greatest of these is love, and we're staring at Jesus... I want you to bow your heads with me. In your mind's eye, I want you to picture the Father sitting on the throne right next to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, His Son. When Jesus ascended to heaven, God coronated Him King the Savior of the world who loves you with everything He has. 
and wants you to follow Him and wants you to give out that love that He's given to us. So if the greatest thing that we have at our disposal is the love of God, why don't we use it? Oh, Heavenly Father, this morning, we love you. Jesus, we are so thankful for you. We are grateful. We are in awe. But we love you. And this morning, we are so thankful for the love that you give us. And as we stare at you, in the middle of all the distractions that are out there, of all the self-awareness and self-knowledge and all the, the great heights of understanding that we can get and all these things, that true godly wisdom leads us to faith, hope, and most importantly, love. What I pray today that there's someone in this room that's fighting the love of Christ. They've been fighting the love of Christ for a long time. They might have been fighting the love of Christ and even going to church for a long time. But God, I pray today would be the day where they just submit themselves to you and say, God, whatever you want, I love you too. Thank you for the love that I couldn't do myself. I couldn't get for myself but you gave it to me freely. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.